Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, we made it through episode 100, and we're at episode 101. It's a new world out there that we've unconquered, so I'm yep, excited about that. Yep, two more years, we 200. Well, you know what? I, I got to go ahead and admit it. I ate too much cake. I had heartburn that, that afternoon. That cake was good, man. <laughs> I, I wish we had some more here today. Yeah, we we put it in the office, and it got pretty much it, uh, it, devoured. We, we so. make that a weekly thing. You think Kelly will make a cake a week? And I'd be as big as a horse <laughs> by the time that's over, so... And I, and I'd have what uh, Southern people call the sugar toe. You know what that is? The sugar toe. Yeah, that's diabetes. Oh, I guess because they cut their toes yeah. off because they have too much sugar in the, the body. The sugar here. toe. Yeah. So anyway. well, we don't want you having the sugar toe. No, don't don't want to have the sugar. But toe. I would like to have more cake. <laughs> that would be good. That was a great cake. Uh, so anyway, and Kelly appreciates that. As you, yeah. As you listen to the podcast today, of course, take just a couple minutes to uh, invite someone to come join join us. Uh, whether you do it on Facebook, Twitter, text. Uh, instagram or whatever and uh it's uh you're the one that helps uh the word get out so mm. uh, your word means a lot there are lots of people that you know who j- just like to understand more about biblical principles and how to connect them to their everyday life every single day and speaking of biblical principles um, we're going to talk about something you don't think of a biblical p- principle very much and that's failing there's uh, a lot of failing in the bible though <laughs> we're not saying it's a good thing but it can be, but and that's what be. we well, want. Yeah, and that's what we th- yeah, want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, failure is not an as a not a very good word for Americans. They don't yeah. like that word. We and like ma- success. Yes, and I remember uh, one motivational speaker was real proud of himself. He said something along the lines of, "I got my dictionary and I cut the word fail out of it." You know, as if that changes anything. But anyway, that's what he said. <laughs> and uh, but while failing is never fun. We certainly, as I said earlier, we can learn from it, mm-hmm. and we should learn from it. So, um, you know, I have to ask, though, is that possible? Not just on a personal level, but, you know, how do we take the Bible and make something good out of failure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we got to distinguish what we're talking about when we're talking about failure, because there are yeah. different types of failures. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is sinful failure. Right. Sinful failure is not good. We don't want sinful. We don't want any failure. I get that, but we certainly don't want sinful failure. We want to grow in our relationship with Jesus to the point where, you know, we we know we're not going to be sinless, but we're going to sin less. Yeah, that, that we're not I going like to that. fail in those areas mm-hmm. quite like we used to. So, so you know, we deal with sinful failure a little bit differently than we deal with some other failures. Uh, you know, um, you think about failure. When I think about failure, I think about just not accomplishing a goal maybe you had. You came up short mm-hmm. or, you know, you had a, a something in mind that you wanted to accomplish and maybe you didn't accomplish it like you thought you would accomplish right. it. I'm talking about those kinds of failures. I think about we're just getting through um, baseball season with the boys. And, and you know, baseball is a wild sport because there's a lot of failure in baseball. As a matter of fact, the entire way that we determine whether somebody's a good batter or not is about failure. 30%. Yeah. That's an F in school. That's a big F in school. <laughs> but in baseball. But in baseball, 30% is great. If you go up in the majors with a 30, you're going to have right. a huge so, contract. So baseball is the only sport where it's good to be a failure, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess because, I mean, no, nobody passes in the batting. There's no – when I was in school, what, a, a, a 
passing grade was like a 70? Something like that, yeah. Nobody has a 700 batting average. Evans, not even a softball. No, no nothing, right? So, right. But 30, 30%. You're doing 30%, you're doing pretty good. That's right. But 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 baseball, I mean, there's a lot of failure in baseball. Not mm-hmm. only that, but just think about especially kids, you know, learning the fundamentals and and watching balls pass through their legs and committing mm-hmm. errors. And then it's actually called an error. You made an error. You know, that's really uplifting you <laughs> that know it makes so, you feel great right and so just just you know coming through the baseball season remind it was really good coming through baseball this season especially after last year because we didn't get to play baseball because of COVID-19 mm, yeah. and so both my boys were relearning baseball skills and the fundamentals and how to hit and how to swing how to throw all those fundamentals uh that we didn't work on last year because we just didn't play baseball sure so we didn't really focus on them uh, but just the the opportunity to remind my kids through baseball, that failure is a part of life. You're going to fail a lot in life. And and taking those failures and learning how to grow from those failures is really important. And, and even when you think about sin, we, we don't want to find ourselves repeating same oh, no. sinful habits. Definitely but, not. But even with sin, once you have fallen short and you've rebelled against God and you recognize that, confess and repent, you do learn from that. Mm-hmm. You learn, I don't want to do that again. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, so we're not, we're certainly not uh, encouraging you to go sin, but we are saying that, that as you learn to follow Jesus, if you look back over your past sins, you've probably learned something about yourself mm-hmm. and the character of God as you've dealt with and walked through and confessed and repented of that sin. So, yeah, this is, this is huge because I think, you know, here we are at Northwood. If you're part of a faith family, we're walking through the life of Abraham. And he was a perfect person, never made any mistakes or failures or anything because he, he was in the Bible. He was in the Bible, and everybody in the Bible does just right. <laughs> you think you, yeah, the way people act, though, and talk well, about we it, do. you would we, think we, that. we make these guys heroes, right? When in a sense, they are. I mean, certainly. Abraham is certainly a model of the faith. You think about Abraham and Moses mm-hmm. and some of these guys in the Old Testament, they're, they're in Hebrews chapter 11, mm-hmm. right? That, that great chapter that talks about the heroes of the faith. But what, when you begin to read their stories, you read really the hero behind it all is God, mm-hmm. you know, and it's all about and, and God. what I like about Abraham's story. And I don't know if you're picking up on this trace, we're walking through it. What, what I like about Abraham's story is that, you know, it's almost like we get to see in real time as we study his story, someone's development in their faith. It is. It is fascinating. Really I have wild. definitely picked that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So because you, you start out with Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he's called by God and, and you see, you know, this victory, this immediate failure, mm-hmm. um, Lack of faith, and it's just it's just just like he's on this roller coaster, ups and downs, ups and just like us, you know. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we get to the end of his story in the Book of Genesis, you're going to see a man who looks much different than he did back in Genesis chapter 12 when he started his journey with God. Mm-hmm. And, and and for all of us, that should be our journey. Yeah, exactly. That, that you know, when we start out in faith, we're 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 babes in Christ. We're just learning. But as we walk with God week in and week out, month in after month, and year after year, mm-hmm. we grow. That's right. And we look different than we did when we started. And that's what's really cool about Abraham's story. You, you see that progression. You see that progression from someone who was just starting out with God, who didn't really have a knowledge of what it meant to walk with mm-hmm. God, to someone at the end when he is you know called to make this sacrifice of his son, which is a wild story. That he does so because he he trusts God that God knows what he's doing and that comes after years of walking with the Lord. It's just a, it's fascinating to me to to watch how Abraham's faith grows in the Book of Genesis. Well, he's a, he's he is a great man, and uh, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed just kind of getting to know him. I yeah. feel like I'm getting to know a, a friend, yeah, yeah, which is very yeah, interesting, yeah. and uh, kind of just really 
you put we're able to put some flesh on the bones yeah, yeah. of what we constantly think about these biblical characters. Yeah. But uh But he did have some failures. Oh yeah, he did. And and I guess that gives me hope and it yeah. also gives me warning. Yeah. You know, both now, of those things. You think about Abraham's failures. When 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 we look at his story, his failures were sinful failures. Mm-hmm. You think about Hebrews chapter not Hebrews chapter twelve, Genesis chapter twelve, yeah. you know, when he makes the decision to go with his wife to Egypt and lie about who she was and right. the deception that took place. That was sinful failure. Mm-hmm. Or you're gonna think about um um uh when he um I'm, I'm having a hard time thinking. When he and Hagar have that yeah, moral yeah. relationship yes. to produce a child yeah. that he wants to be the heir. Big failure. That, that, was a, that was a sinful failure. That was a moral failure. So we're, we're looking at Abraham's life. We're looking at some moral sinful failures that, you know, we, we've all mm-hmm. done that. So, but, but we want to talk about failure more broadly, not just the, the sinful failures that we commit, uh, but also just failure in general when we don't accomplish a goal or we don't, you know, mm-hmm. um, finish that task we thought we would finish or whatever the case may be. We sure. We can talk about it all today. Good, good. Well, that uh, leads us to some actions that I think we can take. And so let's look at this way. Eight actions that you can take when you experience failure. Yeah. So the first one is this. Remember that you're not a failure when you fail. Yeah. Just because you fail, that does not mean that you are a failure. Mm-hmm. But we oftentimes think that, don't we? Oh, we do because we've been over the years. Coaches have told me that. Yeah. Teachers have told yeah. me that. I don't think my parents ever said those words, but certainly people in authority have said that to us. When I was in high school, I took geometry. Mm-hmm. That was the worst class ever. Yeah, I would, I would second that. That was terrible because I was pretty much. A, I didn't think I was getting out. <laughs> I didn't either. I mean, it. it I, I, that was the first time because I was a pretty bright student. I made mm-hmm. you know pretty good grades, A's, and a few B's here and there, but when I took geometry, that was the first time I had really struggled mm. to get through a class. I remember my, my parents, they, they hired a tutor. I'd never had a tutor in my life. I was kind of embarrassed to have a tutor, you know, just kind of that pride thing, but sure. I had a tutor and, and the best grade I could make in geometry was a D. <laughs> Golly, you and me. I got by in that geometry where with I was. a D. That's all I could do was a D. So but you make, did it one time, right? I, uh, it took I, me yeah. twice. Well, so. I guess I, I did a little better than you did then, I guess. But, but I did make better but you grades. Got through, I, I got through my D, and I was proud of it, and I just I just wanted to get done. But okay. I remember trying and working so hard at it mm. and, and seeing the tutor and doing extra uh, problems to try to figure out, just to try to get that part of my brain to work. Mm. And I just couldn't get it done. I could not make an A, a B, or a C in geometry. All I could, The best I could do was a D. Mm. And I felt like a failure. Mm-hmm. Because I just couldn't cut it. I couldn't make the grade. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But just because I felt that way, it wasn't true about me. Of course not. You know, I mean, I, I was succeeding in other parts of life. I mean, that was just an area I struggled in. And mm-hmm. just just understanding that that your failures, when you fail, when you fall short of a goal, when you don't make the grade, when you miss the cut, uh, that that isn't necessarily a reflection on who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. It's just something you struggle with. Right. And just remembering you, you're not a failure, not, especially, you know, you think of yourself, if you, when you know you're a child of God, you know you're not a failure. That's you've right. been redeemed. You've been uh, gifted by him, empowered by him. You're, you're not a failure. And so I think there's this, there is this, this temptation to identify ourselves 
by either our successes mm -hmm. or our lack of success. Especially in the way the world talks about yeah. success. Yeah. The world talks about success. It always means money or power or position. You mm -hmm. know, those are the three biggies. Yeah. Uh, but success and for a believer is so much different. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's being a follower of Christ it's and all being those a things. faithful follower of Jesus. And so, so just, it's, it comes back to this, this idea that we talk about, you know, over and over again, that your identity is in not what you accomplish mm -hmm. or what you fail to accomplish. Mm -hmm. If you're a follower of Jesus, your identity is in Christ. That's right. Whether you make the grade on the test or not, whether you get the promotion or not, whatever the case may be, whether you meet the goal or not, it does not change who you are in Jesus. And it does not change the fact that, that whatever successes or lack of successes you have in life, you know, God will always save you. I am well pleased with you. You are my child, mm. you good and faithful servant. If you're following him by faith, Amen. right? So That's right. just, just that, that first reminder that you're not a failure when you fail. If you're a child of God, you, you aren't a failure in the eyes of God. You are his, you belong to him. You are secure in that. Don't label yourself a failure because you're not. That alone is a relief. Yeah, I'm it is, isn't you. it? Number two, take a moment to catch your breath when you fail. Yeah, because here's what happens. And I noticed you said when, not if. Because you're going to. Yeah. We're all going to a lot. Mm -hmm. Take a breath. Yeah. Catch your breath. Remember who you are in Christ. Remember, you know, where you are in your journey. Uh, takes just take some time to think because what happens when we fail is that's when all those negative thoughts about ourselves begin to occur and we begin to what we begin to dwell on the negativity i'll never be able to make the grade i'll never be able to make the cut i'll never be able to and and, and those things just aren't true you know and they just aren't true you know i i remember when i was um i guess i was in high school probably a junior or senior um, I was I was playing the piano for a piano competition. I mean, they have these things, right? These piano competitions, mm -hmm. and so I I walked in and uh, I, if I remember right. I was playing a piece by Chopin, and I sat at the piano. And in in these competitions, the way it worked is you would sit at the piano, and there was one person in the room besides you, the judge. Wow. It was pretty intimidating. That's tough. And these judges that they would bring in for these competitions, they were, you know, very successful pianists. Mm -hmm. They taught at universities or they toured or whatever the case may be. And so they, they knew what they're talking about. Um, and, and, and what happened in, on this particular day, I started playing that Chopin piece, which I'd played. I mean, I'd prepared it. I played it a million times in preparation for, for this competition. And as I sat at the piano and began to play, my mind went blank. Mm. I'd never had it happen before. Um, you know, I've got a pretty decent memory, um, and, and my mind just went completely blank. I, I could not think of what came next. In the, my fingers would not go to the right mm. notes. It, it was embarrassing. Did you I ever stopped. regroup from it? Well, that that's day? what happened. I stopped. Yeah. And the judge said, catch your breath mm. and start again. So that's what I did. I just I sat there for a few seconds. I, I just took a moment to regroup. Mm. Then I played through the piece, and I played through the piece so well that I actually ended up winning the competition. Isn't that wild? After that failure. After that failure, I stopped, caught my breath, regrouped, and tried again. So I think this uh, principle of regrouping is probably a good way to look at things when we have an issue. Yeah. And I think it also helps us think, okay, why why am I at the point I'm at? You know, you know, you, you're trying to get all these things together in your mind. Yeah, yeah. It's not just what did I do wrong. Yeah. It's where can I where can I go what can here? I do to get yeah. Yeah. Where do I go from here? How do I start again? And all those kind of things. And so so that's really for a lot of us, we just need to do that when we fail. Just take a deep breath. Catch mm -hmm. your breath, right? Regroup. Think about where you need to go, 
and start again. Amen. Your, your failure doesn't have to be the end of you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the place you stop. Right. Doesn't mean you can't start over, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to get that in a minute, but, but, but just take some time to catch your breath. Think about where you've been. Think about where you want to go and just, you know, get ready to make some forward progress. So I think this third one's also important because it moves it beyond just a personal issue yeah. to trying to get some help. And that's number three, which is find someone to debrief with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I've, I've talked about some of my ministry experiences, and, and I was at a church where I wouldn't say I failed, but but we weren't meeting some goals right. that I, I wanted our church to meet. And I felt like a failure mm-hmm. because I could not, I didn't feel like I could move our church to the place where I wanted to be. And so I felt like a failure. And I, and I, and I had a season in ministry where, you know, uh, maybe depressed is too strong of a word, but but certainly was frustrated, mm-hmm. discouraged, sure. and just didn't, you know, and, and I think I've talked about on the podcast before, a season where, you know, I really thought about, you know, maybe ministry isn't for me. Right. And what was so helpful for me during that season that, that helped me to, to, you know, stay faithful to the calling was one, recognizing that God had called me there, but two, just having some people that, that I could debrief with, that I could talk about, you know, uh, some of the perceived failures I'd mm-hmm. had or some goals that I wasn't meeting and why I wasn't meeting them. And, and what I learned in that process is that I certainly was not alone. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say that we got to remember we are not alone. Yeah. God designed us to have people around yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. That's who we are. And I think when we go through seasons of failure, mm-hmm. um, when we haven't accomplished those things we want to accomplish, we have the tendency to think we are the only ones who struggled with this. Everybody else is doing well. I'm not. Everybody else is succeeding, and I'm not. Because that's just the way we we work, right? We have this individualistic mind Mm -hmm. that's always self-focused. When the truth is, you ain't the only one who's ever failed. Of course not. You ain't the only one who's messed up. Everybody has. And there are people who have struggled through the same. I mean, I I learned today, Trey. Mm. I wasn't the only one who struggled with geometry. You did too. Mm, I wish you'd have been around when I was going through geometry. You could have encouraged me. (laughs) Who knows? Yeah, right. But, I hope so. But that's the thing. Just when you when you go through that season of failure, yeah. it, is, it is very helpful to debrief because what when you debrief, you're going to find out whoever you're debriefing with that person you trust that you can confide in, they've failed too, mm-hmm. and they can help you through. And I particularly like it when someone who is skilled in something, yeah, and they come and they say, you know, I had struggles here. Let yeah. me show you how I got. Yeah, through. yeah, yeah. So sometimes it's just having that person there that say, I was there. This is how I got yeah, through it, you yeah. know, and helped me yeah, through it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so we find that person to debrief with, uh, and then we take responsibility for our failure. Yeah. So I guess we really need to do that okay. as well. Because because reality is, is that not only when we fail, but in all kinds of areas of life, when we don't meet the goals we want to meet or live up to the expectations we set for ourselves, we have a ten- tendency to do what? To blame others. Mm. Well, the reason I failed geometry mm-hmm. or only made a D in geometry is because, oh, I didn't have a good teacher. Exactly. That was always she my was, excuse. She was just a bad teacher. Yeah. She just didn't know how to teach. If I had a better teacher. But yet teacher, everybody else could do it. <laughs> right. Well, and the, the funny thing is, Trey, that, that I thought that as a ninth grader yeah. and taking geometry. And so the second semester, I got out of my geometry teacher's class and transferred to another teacher's class. Mm. You know what happened? I still made D's. <laughs> still had struggles. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because it wasn't my teacher's fault. It was my fault, yeah. you see. But that's what happens when we don't meet that goal. Mm-hmm. We blame everything else, whether it's we blame a person, blame the circumstances, blame whatever. Mm-hmm. We have the tendency to, to you know, play the blame game instead of just saying, okay, you know what? It's me. I have the struggle. Here, here's how I contribute to the failure. Failure. This is what I need to work on. Mm-hmm. Here's how I need to change. Here are the areas that I need to focus on. 
and just being honest about who you are and taking responsibility for your failure. It, it's, it's, it's not the end of the world when you fail, mm-hmm. but it is an opportunity for you to evaluate, evaluate where you are, what you need to change, uh, you know, what adjustments you need sure. to make. I mean, that, that's, so just take responsibility when you fail. Now, especially when it's a sinful failure. Mm-hmm. When you have dishonored the Lord, when you've had that moral failure, you better take responsibility for it because it's on you, mm-hmm. right? Your sin isn't somebody else's fault. I remember the, the old spiritual that talks about, um, it's me, it's me, it's me, yeah, oh Lord, absolutely. standing in the need. You know, absolutely. We just have to say those words. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't because I was raised improperly or because you know, uh, I went to the wrong church or right. I didn't, you know, the Bible didn't quite tell me the right thing. Yeah. You that know. just don't cut it with God. I no. mean, you just can't go before God and say, okay, God, I, I sinned, but you know what? I mean, <laughs> that, that dude I over there, much. I mean, it, it really was his fault. He just, he kind of led me down a bad path and uh, I, I just couldn't help myself. Man. You know, you, you can't do that. when, when you stand before God, you, you, you answer for you, for your mm-hmm. sin, for, for, so take responsibility. And when right. we don't, we sound a lot like Adam. We went Absolutely. over that in, in Genesis. It's the woman you gave me. It was yeah. her fault, right? And then blame God himself. Yeah, you, know? oh, yeah. you, gave, it, yeah. you gave it to me. So yeah. absolutely, take responsibility for your failure, whether it's sinful or whether it's just, I didn't mean to go, take responsibility. Amen. Right? And that's a huge step. Huge that's a step. huge step. Uh, number five, and then I think this is where, um, I really think it's where most people drop the ball because yeah. I think number five is they need to learn from their, fa- yeah, their failure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think about, um, you know, as far as ministry is concerned, you know, talk about that that season I went through that was kind of difficult and challenging. Um, I did not enjoy going through a challenging season of ministry. Who does, brother? Nobody does. Who does? Wow, but man, it's tough. looking back on it now, I see how transformative mm-hmm. that was for me. At the time, I didn't like it. But now here I am, you know, years later, and now I look back and say, man, I really needed that. Mm-hmm. I needed that hard season because it did reveal in me a lot of character issues I needed to work on. It revealed to me some pride that I was struggling with. It revealed to me uh, just some simple attitudes I was struggling mm-hmm. with. And it revealed to me how dependent I am on God mm. uh, in ministry to do the work that he's called me to do. So so I didn't like it. I don't want to go through a difficult season of ministry again. But now looking back, I see, you know what? I mean, I needed that. And, and, and going through the difficult seasons of ministry has really helped me to be very appreciative of the good seasons of ministry. Mm-hmm. Because I know what it's like now to be in both good seasons and bad seasons. That's ministry, but that for all of us in life. We know what it's like to go through seasons of failure, mm-hmm. right? And we know what it's like to go through seasons of successes. And when you've gone through a season of failure, it sure does make you appreciate those seasons of successes when, when life is going well and you're accomplishing your goals. But but in that season of failure, man, it, it is a prime opportunity to learn, mm-hmm. to learn about yourself, to learn about, you know, those maybe those character flaws mm-hmm. that 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 present themselves in failures, to to learn about, you know, maybe some some prideful uh, attitudes that you have, you know, it, that that's you need that. You mm. need to learn about yourself and 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 learn how to you know put off the pride or the sinful attitudes. You, you need to learn about just you know. I mean, it's a sport, for example, and you know, kids not doing my kids not doing well in baseball. Okay, well, let's get back to the fundamentals. Right? Yeah. So here's where you're Got struggling. Wait, let's learn about that. Let's get back let's to the fundamentals. Back to that. Or, you know, the, the piano failure I had, just learning about how to, to, to work through those things uh, so I wouldn't have that kind of memory lapse again. Uh, so, so, you know, those, those failures are prime opportunities to learn mm-hmm. so that you can move forward 
and do better the next time. Absolutely. Amen. Number six, and this this now gets basically to moral failure and sinful failure, and that is if your failure was a sinful failure, then confess it and repent. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's talk about this confession and repentance. What that means? Yeah. So you see it very beautifully illustrated in the life of Abraham. Mm. So you think about we we looked a couple weeks ago at Genesis chapter twelve, and he makes that decision to go with his wife to Mm -hmm. Egypt. He deceives people by lying about who Sarah was Mm -hmm. and finds himself in a mess. God delivers him from that mess. And then what does Abraham do after God delivers him? He goes back. Yeah. He goes back to the place that he started. And and what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 13, he goes back to the altar that he built uh, in the land of promise where Mm. God took him and he, he goes back to that altar, and, and Genesis 13 says, he called out to the name of the Lord. Wow. Now, G- Moses, when he writes that, he doesn't describe exactly what Abraham said when he called out, but, but I assume that when he called out, he was calling out in confession, mm. repentance. I mean, he went back. He went back to where he started. That, that's repentance, right? Yeah. Repentance yeah. is turning away from mm-hmm. the sin you have committed and going back to God. And I will say my best times of worship always come after I have had a powerful time of confession yeah, and repentance. Yeah, yeah, So I can't imagine that it wasn't involved yeah, in So that. you think about confessing and repenting, and when, when you've had that moral failure, when it's been that sinful failure, it's coming back to God and saying, okay, God, I've messed up. I've sinned before you. I repent. I turn from that, and now I want to walk in your ways. That's what we see illustrated in Abraham's life. After he made that move to Egypt, he comes back to God, he mm-hmm. calls out, and he starts again, mm-hmm. right? You know, and the interesting thing is to say that he starts again, because yeah. I think a lot of times we fail. My my tendency is to say, I ain't never doing that yeah. again. But we can't do that. Right. I mean, that's not life. You right. can't make those decisions. So that leads us to number seven. We start over or yeah. start again. Just because you failed in a specific area doesn't mean you can't retry it. Mm. Now, you know, in your walk with the Lord, just because you had a moral failure, mm-hmm. just because you sinned, doesn't mean you have to walk away from the faith that mm. you'll never be used by God again or that God's mad at you forever right. or any of those things. I mean, the invitation that God gives us is that, you know, w- when you fail, you just come back. Mm. You come back and you start again. You, you come back to the Lord and you begin again walking with him. You always, in, in, in our faith, we always have the opportunity to start over. Amen. Those opportunities to start over for the Christian, they never run out. Exactly. I mean, uh, we, we again, we don't want to... Um, find ourselves in habitual sin. We mm-hmm. want to grow of out of that. Uh, but but the, the good news for us, I mean, you can start over with God a hundred thousand times. Mm-hmm. He's gracious in that way. And thank God he is gracious in that way. So you always have a chance in your faith to start over. But you think about just other areas of life. You always have a chance to start over, mm-hmm. right? You, you, that, that thing you didn't do so well, try it again. Mm-hmm. You might find that maybe it's not an area uh, where, where you want to invest time, Right. Geometry is not an area I want to invest time in again. I'm done with it. Yeah. You know? But, but you I, did finish but it. But I finished you did, it. Yeah, you, you know, finished I, it. I, I, I passed the class, but I can start something else. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, so again, you know, you always have the opportunity after failure to start over, maybe in that same area that you mm-hmm. failed in or maybe in another area that you want to try. Uh, but, but again, failure is not the end of you. That's start right. Over. God can need you in different ways right. in different places. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. Uh, number eight, and this is the final one, no failure is necessary for you to make progress. Yeah. Just generally speaking, right, that, that when you fail, again, there's much to learn. Mm. And, and wasn't it John Maxwell? Yeah. I talked about failing forward, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. That, again, that's the idea that it's not the end of you. 
it, 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 in a lot of ways, failure is the way you pr- progress. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about just all the brilliant minds that have come through the centuries, and you think about Thomas Edison. And He's the one I always that, think yeah, of that, with the light bulb. How, what was like 17 million times. He said, so, I know 17 million ways yeah, not to make a light right, bulb. Right, right. And finally, like and finally ding, he had light. So, yeah. I mean, just, just thinking through that, even the, the greatest minds mm-hmm. failed a lot before they had that breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And so, so, you know, and so, again, that failure teaches you what not to do so that you can not repeat those mistakes again so that you can make progress. Mm-hmm. And so, man, a lot of times failure really is necessary to make that forward progress. I think about, you know, uh, again, going back to, you know, the season of ministry where it I wasn't a failure, but I had those days where I felt like a failure. Mm-hmm. I think about the forward progress I've made since then, how, how God used that season Amen. to bring me through and to teach me things. And I feel like, you know, in my walk with the Lord and the way I serve, I've made a lot of progress. Mm-hmm. And I'm, again, very thankful for that season where life didn't go so well, you know, I don't want to go through that again, but I mean, it was, it was helpful for me to make mm-hmm. forward progress in my walk with the Lord and in my, you know, calling and all those things. Okay. Let me ask the $64,000 question. And that is, do you think without that f- feeling of failure or sense of failure that you would not be in the place you are today? I don't mean the church, but I just mean in the place as far as moving forward where you are. I, I, God uses those experiences to mm. make us into who he wants us to be. And in that particular season, God used that season to humble me, mm. uh, to convict me of pride, uh, and to grow me up. Uh, so so I wouldn't say that I wouldn't be where I'm at without that particular incident. What I would say is that God was, was at work to get mm. my attention and he was going to use something to get my attention. Mm-hmm. In that season, that's what he chose to use. Another, if, if I if, you know, find myself a lot of pride again, he might use something else to get my attention. You sure. know what I'm saying? So, and I so, hope he does, by the way. Yeah. You hope he gets my attention? You think I need to get, get me? No, I'm talking about us, for all of us. I'm talking about for all of us. I hope he just, you know, my concern is that I blow it and he just said, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, yeah, he's never, God. I don't think praise he's ever going to do he, that. He allows those things to happen for our good mm-hmm. and his glory, right? Amen, amen. Pastor, you know, there's some people that are out there right now, and there's somebody listening to this that feels like a failure. Yeah. So uh, give us a step or two that kind of get them on the road yeah. today. One is just remembering that that who you think you are is not who you really are. Mm-hmm. You might today feel like you're a failure, but if you're a child of God, you're not a failure. You, you are um, precious in his sight. He is pleased with you, not because of what you've done, but because of what his son has done for you. You are not a failure. And so don't think that about yourself. And two, uh, never forget that you have the opportunity today, wherever you're at, wherever you, feel you, wherever you might feel like you have, you have the opportunity today. Come before your Father in prayer, and you have the opportunity today to start again. Amen. So just taking those daily steps to start again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, today, I can. I can pray. I can encourage somebody. Mm. I can whatever. What you can do today, do it. Amen. And then trust God the rest of the way. I think that's a good word. Well, Pastor, why don't you get us ready as we look forward to next week? Hope this has been encouragement and a blessing to you. If this has been helpful for you, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. That way you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That helps us get the word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope that today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.